to the Economy Guy. This is Tom Harvey. I give you information and facts and some of my personal opinions on what's going on in the world economy today. Occasionally I'll go off on a little sidetrack, but I can assure you those sidetracks have important economic impacts on what's happening and what's happening with your money. I want you to have the ability to make great financial decisions and informed financial decisions. That's the purpose of today's and every day's podcast. It is November 1st, and this is the Economy Guy coming to you with lots of excitement today. I have a great podcast for you, talking mostly about the markets and what's coming, uh, the, the dangers of the future market. Where is the market standing today, stocks especially, but where can you plan for the future and what, what are my plans? I'll give you a general generalization of what I'm planning to do. I'll give you some oddball news in the middle, but I'm going to start with life in France. In France, Monsieur le Président Macron a déclaré le lockdown. Yes, the President of France has declared France, the entire nation, is in a lockdown, and since I'm here in France, I am in a lockdown. So what does a lockdown mean? It means, well, different things to different people. Certainly means something different to the French than uh, what, what the official declaration is. But it means you can go out for an hour and walk around within a kilometer of your place. You can go shopping. Uh, most of the everything is closed. The bars are closed. The restaurants are closed. It's tragic for them. The day that it was declared, the day before the lockdown, we went to our favorite restaurant and commiserated with the owners, who we know very well. Uh, fact, uh, the wife uh, uh, who owns it with her husband said that she couldn't sleep the night before after listening to the president of France declare the uh, lockdown coming. It is that severe to them personally. This is true around the world. So what's happening in France is also happening everywhere there's a lockdown. Uh, Boris Johnson in the uh, United Kingdom has declared there will be a, a lockdown starting November 3rd, Tuesday. Uh, so Germany has already declared a lockdown. It's in effect now. Uh, it's France, so Europe is coming into the lockdown. Uh, uh, New York appears, New York State appears to be tightening things up. Whereas I noticed my local hometown in Florida is saying the number of virus cases is reducing now. Oh, amazing. So what does it all mean? Where does it all go? Well, here in France, the stores are all closed. We were much surprised walking out the first two days of the lockdown and seeing that our favorite miscellaneous store has a little bit of everything in it called the Maxi Bazaar was open. But today, Sunday, when it's normally open, it was closed. I suspect perhaps the police visited them and told them they were not allowed to be open. However, uh, many coffee shops are still open. They, you cannot sit down in the coffee shop, but you can buy coffee to go. And that's great. I have, not, I have yet to see restaurants having food to go, except one, my favorite pizza place, which is 30 meters away from our front door with the best pizza in the south of France, uh, was uh, opened. I went over and bought the last five pieces of pizza that they were selling because they were going on their congé, their annual holiday. And uh, they were closing. Just 
I bought the last five pieces. They closed. They went away. Maybe perhaps I'll see them in December when we open up again, if we open up again. That's the big question. Who knows? Life is so interesting here to watch everyone out. Hey, one of the things you can do if you're French is that you're allowed to walk your dog outside. Yes, that's because people do not want to keep the dog inside all the time. That's, I think, understood by law. So, how interesting. Also, you can go visit your doctor if you can't avoid going to see your doctor. So, that not that all fun and exciting? Stay tuned. I'm going to come back with a little bit of short news snippets for you to ponder and to consider. And then I'm going to hit the economy, the economics, I should say, of the stock market, bond market, the future debt we have, and uh, personal plans for the future. Be talking to you. And now, let's hit some of the short, sharp news stories. And food for thought here. Imports coming in from China have been increasing over the last few months. Not a big surprise. People keep buying stuff and want more. And we've had uh, a, a slowdown in the past. And export, exports to China have been going sideways, which means our balance of trade with China is getting worse. Now, that's a political problem. And uh, just think about that for a little while, where that leads you, what road that leads you on. But that is the uh, United States today, its trade balance with China. How about U.S. FICO store scores? FICO scores. I've never think about FICO scores. You know, that's kind of the credit worthiness of an individual is their score when they want to borrow money from a bank or from a car place or wherever they want to, some financing place, their FICO score is tweaked and uh, and they find out if they're credit worthy and it determines the interest rate you pay. Well, here's a piece of information. Did you know over the last 10 years, the average FICO score has gone up 100 points from 600 to 700? Now, when I think about that, is there any reason for FICO scores to be going up? over the last 10 years? And I think the answer to that is, heck no. I think they should be staying the same. What, what's, what would cause it to go up? I don't understand. I, this does not make sense to me. Perhaps it makes sense to the listeners out there. So give that some thought. And is it good or bad for the world of economy? Because what if everybody had a perfect FICO score? 700 is pretty good, incidentally. 720 is a lot better, but 700 is pretty good. Uh, that means all people are equal. And if that's true, so be it. Uh, but I find it hard to believe. Okay. The last short article here is, did you know that the third quarter GDP in the United States went up 33%? Now, that is a big number. Biggest, it's a record-breaking number. In fact, it's huge. It's monstrous. Previously, the... The uh, GDP fell in the previous quarters, uh, a little more than 33%. But say it had fallen three, 33%. When something falls 33%, it takes a 50% rise to get back to where you started. So 33% coming up in the third quarter is not as good as you think it is. It's just the way the math is calculated. It's just pure mathematics, pure, you know, fifth grade mathematics. That's all it is. And, but it does sound good. 
And it is good, in fact, because plus 33% is a lot better than zero or minus 33 or anything else you could think of. And what caused it? By far, hugely, 80% of that what came from consumer spending. So thank you, consumers out there, for spending. Now, what's going to happen next quarter? In fact, we're in the next quarter. What is the fourth quarter? Incidentally, it's October, November, December. That's what the fourth quarter is. It's possible, and this is why I'm really talking now, it's possible that the fourth quarter will be negative, not positive. Why is that, I say? Well, it's caused because <sighs> GDP could just get worse. I mean, that, it, things are bad out there. Things are just bad. See, there's no stimulus bill that has happened in October, so October's past history now. October did not go up that much. November's coming. If there's no stimulus bill, I can almost guarantee the fourth quarter will be negative. If there's a stimulus bill, we have a chance of being positive again. And we need to grow. It's also politics. Don't forget that in two days we have a national election for a new president, or an existing renewal president, of the United States of America. So that will have a massive uh, effect on all of everything I talk about today. And the timing and all. So be right back with what's coming in the world of economics. So let's talk about debt. I can, um, I talk about debt in every single podcast. I talk, I say that it's getting worse and it's bad and it's awful and isn't debt terrible and you're probably sick and tired of hearing it. But to me, it is the heart of the world's economy. I'm going to really concentrate on the United States where we got to have a lot of numbers. But debt is a big, big, big problem. And it is a problem today and it will be a problem tomorrow. So I'm going to declare today that we, the United States and the world, are in a debt trap. A debt trap. That's a trap that you can't get out of. So what is a debt trap? Let's define it so you know what I'm talking about. That means you have too much debt, uh, weakening growth. Did you know that the more debt you have, the slower you grow because of the debt? That's a fact. It's a proven fact. It's academically proven. And that weakening growth causes more debt to be taken on. Does that sound familiar to you? I believe we moved into the debt trap when the pandemic hit. It pushed us over the edge. We went into a more than $3 trillion in the United States additional debt for the government. Boom, $3 billion. And did you know, it's my belief and a lot of economists believe that next year, 2021, the United States will take on even more debt than it did in, 19, in 2020. Think about that. I mean, that's, there's an assumption it will not be an, a new pandemic. It would be maybe the remnants of the existing pandemic. But didn't we just solve the problem in 2020? No, we have a lot more solving to do. So we're, we're creating more debt and more debt in order to have growth. I mean, that's exactly what we're doing. That is the debt trap. It's a downward spiral that you cannot ever get out of, and it does not have a, a happy ending. No, it does not. Well, what's the solution? Everybody says the solution to debt is you grow your way out of it. Well, guess what? It's too late. We're past that point. That's when the debt trap hits. You cannot 
grow your way out of it. In the past, before the pandemic, perhaps we were right on the edge of being able or not being able to grow our way out of it. But pandemic came, we're now past that point of no return. There's no way we can grow enough to, to come out of it. You see, we're in a deflation right now. That's the opposite of an inflation, right? So inflation doesn't get you out either. See, that's the other, one of the other solutions. You just inflate your way out. And then the Fed said they want to have more inflation. Well, that's why they're saying it. They want to try to get us out. Well, they're, the Fed is trapped in the debt trap. They don't have any more. They've, used, they've spent their wad. They've shot the wad. They've done everything they can do. You can only reduce interest rates down to zero. That's where they are. They could go a little negative, but they realize that that's insane. Okay, so they're already at zero. They're printing money like crazy. They're buying up assets like crazy. You can't do anything more than that now. You need something else. And yes, indeed, something else will be coming in the future. So we will have a major economic catastrophe happen, and it will be caused by the fact that we have too much debt. That is inevitable, I believe. That's part of the trap. There's no way out of it. The only way out is to have a major change. And I don't know what that change will be. I don't know what form it will take. But what I do know is that everything will be repriced. Everything will be repriced. When I say everything, I mean all commodities. Oil, gold, silver, aluminum, copper, you name it. Every All commodities will be repriced. All property, homes, apartments, businesses, buildings, commercial buildings, will be repriced. All stocks will be repriced. All bonds will be repriced. All currencies will be repriced. Everything will be repriced. So be prepared. Why am I telling you? I'm going to tell you my personal philosophy of how I'm going to handle this for me and my family so that you can think of yourself. If you don't have a philosophy, you're in trouble. You need to have one so that you don't say, wake up one morning when everything's been repriced and say, oh, what a surprise. No, I'm telling you it's coming. Be prepared. You don't have to spend any money on having your philosophy, your plan on where you're going to go. Here's my high level. It's very high level. No details here, but it's my thought. Well, after the repricing, I believe share prices will go way down personally. I mean, that's part of my belief here. I'm going to, uh, and I have my assets in what in in a place where I think it will go up during the repricing. I will cash out, after the repricing, I will cash out my high-valued assets, turn to cash, and start buying bargains. Well, what are the bargains? Well, I think they fall into two categories. One are high-yield bonds. High-yield means junk. Okay, I believe that part of the repricing is that companies that are truly bankrupt will be bankrupt. And that uh, there will be a lot of bankruptcy going on, but some will survive. But the price of their bonds that these companies have put out, corporate bonds, will be so low that they'll be bargain basement prices. Now, here's something I want to make very clear. Don't touch these with a 10-foot pole if you don't understand high-yield bonds. Don't even go near them. If you even consider it, consider that you're going to have to do a lot of personal, individual study of what is and how, how they work. Every high-yield bond is different. It's the covenants behind the bonds that are different. You need to understand that. You need to read them. You need to know what it means. You need to understand what that means in terms of dollars, value. So 
don't touch it. If you're not willing to put in the hours and this huge amount of effort, don't touch it. But here's another one. Uh, the second area I'll be looking at are bargain basement stocks. And in particular, I'm going to be looking for high-yield stocks. See, some companies will continue paying out, but as the price of their shares go down, the yield, by definition, goes up. So buy at the bottom, and you get good dividend, that, and you get appreciation, hopefully, through time, at the low, starting at the lower price. So what am I doing? I'm turning my assets into a cash flow. High-level philosophy. Think about it for your own personal use. Think about it for your own personal belief. How are you going to protect yourself, your family, your the people around you? Maybe you're the only one that's thinking this way. So be that person. Be bold. Step out. Get a plan. Doesn't cost you a penny to have a plan, but have a plan. Next, I'm going to talk about what's the stock market doing. I've always thought that the stock market in the United States has been driven by the tech stocks, you know, the big names that you know. But I want to give you some little more detailed information on that. I'd like to talk about what I'll call the Elite Eight. Eight, meaning eight companies. What are they? Well, they're Amazon, they're Apple, there's Microsoft, there's Alphabet, which is Google, there's Facebook, there's Netflix, there's Tesla, and there's NVIDIA, which a lot of people don't know about, but which is one to watch. Those eight companies, uh, their valuations are huge and people truly love betting on their value. What's happened to their value? Well, if you add up what each of those companies are worth, uh, they moved from being worth $1 trillion to being worth $8 trillion in eight years. How about that? moved up from one to eight in eight years. That's uh, quite a bit, right? I, uh, the reason I'm telling you this is I really believe these stocks are overpriced and therefore the market is overpriced. Just giving you some facts here. If you create an index of just those eight stock prices, a weighted index based on their evaluation, uh, you'll see that that index peaked in on September the 2nd, 2020, this year which means that we got through the whole virus before the thing peaked. It's been going up. It, it naturally dropped at the beginning of the virus in March when the whole market went down, but it came right back again. And now, and then it peaked. That's what happened. Um, if you're a technical analyst in stocks, you would see that that index, at least for the, the elite eight stocks, has uh, giving a big sell sign right now. Well, what happened this week? This week was a disaster in the stock prices. Stock prices collapsed this last week. Uh, it was the second biggest collapse since the COVID collapse, as a matter of fact. What's really going on? That's a good question to ask. It really is. I'm not going to answer it, but that is a good question to ask. If you look at the S&P 500, well, yeah, well, you're a lot more familiar with S&P 500, right? I personally have always thought that the that index value, that a fair market value was 3,200 for the S&P 500. 3,200, that would be, you look at all the earnings, the S&P and 500, and you use about a 16 price to earnings ratio, that 3,200 would be the value. Well, around the same time of September 2nd, we had a peak for the S&P 500 of 3,580. Okay, and in uh, mid-October, it was uh, 3,540. And today, it's 
3270. That incidentally, that all that falling happened in a couple of days this week. Uh, massive falling. Uh, shocking. It's just a shocking amount of fall. That's what can happen to share prices. Be ready for those of you who have the shares. Um, so what's really going on, the reason I told you the, the dates is that it appears technically, technical analysis is never really good, but it's uh, when it's from a hindsight, it's perfect. Uh, if we've had a double peak recently, that's another sign that prices are going down, not only of the Elite Eight, but of the S&P 500. The Elite Eight are the ones that drive the entire market. That's what people are looking at. If they've collapsed, if they ever do collapse in the future, there will be a lot of panic in the market. So watch that. See, we don't know how the debt trap will present itself to us, do we? We don't know. But when it does, we'll know because the world will be collapsing around our ears. It won't be this falling in prices, incidentally. That could just be a precursor to something far worse coming. Food for thought, kind of a negative uh, uh, today, but uh, something to think about. I really want all the listeners to think about it. I want all the listeners to have their own plan for when the bottom falls out. Be talking to you next week now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. This is Tom Harvey, and I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by listeners.